0: Network's production. So you just bought your dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and broken everything, including your back. Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving, relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you. Hit them up online, EJAMoving.com.
1: Hey Disruption Network, this is Mike Sacco, the general manager at Nye Volkswagen of Rome. If you don't know me by name, it's only because you have not received the best deal. There's only one reason to leave Utica, and that's to come see me in Rome and get the best deal on your next new, pre-owned, or certified V Duck. Mention that you heard this ad from Disruption Network. off your next vehicle purchase. You'll know why our customers say, I love my 9BW. Come see us at 5865 Rome Paper Road in Rome, or visit us online at 9BWofRome.com Want to know what's going on at the D? Hit up DisruptionNetwork.net and check out our events calendar brought to you by the Events Code. Find out about upcoming guests, special events, concerts, show schedules, community activities, and more. Get connected at DisruptionNetwork.net
0: Welcome to your work week. It's time to disrupt your afternoon. It's EC Radio live and direct from Disruption Network Studios. How are you? Yeah, man. Hope everybody had a good weekend. I had a great weekend. We had a great Woodstock tribute over at the Stanley on friday night big ups to all the local musicians that participated and then on saturday we went up to woods fest i'm sure you guys saw some of the stream that we were doing live from woods fest big ups to everybody the local the local music community is really really coming together right now and i want to see more of it so keep up all the good work before i get into my guest i got to give love and respect out to my sponsors much love to utica coffee today we are drinking the adirondack roast so I have a motor mouth, and I'm fueled by Utica Coffee today because of the Adirondack roast. Thank you so much to my friends over at Utica Coffee. WakeTheHellUp.com. You can find them online. Also, much love to Nye Volkswagen in Rome. Pretty simple and easy, people. Save yourself some money. Go into their showroom. When you're in the market for a brand-new Volkswagen, and mention you listen to me on a daily basis, they're going to give you $250 off your vehicle purchase. Check out their inventory, NyeVW.com my man dave Persina, somebody i've had much much respect for for many many years in the house with me we've been trying to do this for so long and <laughs> then we finally get it together man it's great to see you my friend how are you
2: oh great man thanks uh you know it, it was just a matter of making sure that our schedules worked out and um you know that, that i love going places on my bike so if the weather the weather cooperates i'm good you know and it was a great ride in so
0: yeah it was it, a about 40-minute
2: ride for you? Uh, uh, close to 45, 50, but, you know, I, I take it easy. I just took five all the way in, so, you know.
0: When you're on your bike, do you listen to tunes?
2: No. No? no. Straight thinking? Well, you know, I, music is what I do all day. Mm-hmm. So when I get on the bike, all I want to hear is the wind and the pipes and everything. I don't want to hear music. It's I just it's my only escape from it. I hear music in my head constantly, 24 hours a day, so that's the one That's the one break I get. Were,
0: I ever, were you music, musician at any, at any time? I know uh, your, your sons are
2: well um, all of them have dabbled in it. my son mike is in van simple life and he's still touring making music recording but um you know my only musical experience was going back to you know starting in fourth grade playing trumpet and, and baritone horn and, and uh wind ensemble symphonic wind ensemb- so all high school early college and then i kind of gave it up you know it's tough to carry around a baritone horn and into a party, you know. <laughs> but horn bands are coming back, man. So. They really are. Yeah, they yeah.
0: really are, for sure. <laughs> well, let's start from back in the day. What what actually got you into the whole music thing?
2: Uh, well, well oh, let's see. Was
0: there that life-turning experience for you?
2: It was, court. yeah, Cortland State. I mean, I went in as a phys ed major, had some friends that uh, were working at the college radio station. There was no RTV program. It was just student run. And I, I followed one of them up to the studio one day. And I'm like... So this is what it looks like behind the curtain. You know, I grew up listening to radio down in Long Island, the New York City radio, Long Island radio. And so I'm like, this is pretty cool that, you know, that I didn't even consider. I have no idea that that could happen. And one thing led to another. The AM carrier station became an FM station, and I was in the ground level of that. And once I started doing that, I, I realized that now I could call the shots. I could pick the tunes, you know, and, it, it, and that's where it all started from back in, uh, at Cortland State back in the 70s.
0: What made you come to Cortland?
2: Phys Ed. Phys Ed. My dad was a coach. I was the oldest son. You know, I, I played basketball. I loved sports. I wanted to get away from Long Island, but not too far away. And it was a state school, and everything kind of clicked, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, one thing led to another. And, and as it turns out, today, by the way, Z, is the anniversary of me getting back, back in the 70s. You had to get a broadcasting license to be on the air. You actually had to go and take a test and go to a federal building and take a test and get a license, uh, a third-class operator's license, to go on the radio. And today is the day that I was issued one, August 12, 1976. Wow. So, yeah. So, there you go. I was was one. (laughs) (laughs) We all have to start somewhere.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) So, what kind of a test did they...
2: It There's a written, just a written test of all kinds. Con- I can't even remember now. I mean, think about it. That was a long time ago. Okay. I don't remember. kind of like
0: a driver's test, though, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: you know. And but you could fail it, and I didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, you could, you know, so. <laughs>
0: so what was your next step? You got that permit or your license, and what would you do after that?
2: Worked at Cortland State, you know, as um, being on the air, having fun. And then uh, I graduated in 77. Hung around as an advisor to the radio station because I didn't have a job yet, so I was, you know, driving for Domino's and washing dishes in the morning and figuring out what, what what I wanted to do with my life, you know, patching together jobs, whatever I could. And then I heard that uh, station was starting in Syracuse. Some, some college students were starting a new FM station, and that was 95X. And, and I, I just sent them a reel-to-reel tape, and I still have that tape. I wouldn't hire me if I would listened listen to that tape. But they did... <laughs> And I started in August of '78 at 95X when they signed on. And uh, back then, I mean, the only other station was OUR. That was it for upstate New York, really, for rock stations. And um, yeah, I've been, in, and then you know, weekends became overnights, overnights became middays, and one thing led to another, and uh, you know, now I'm doing what I'm doing. So.
0: The signal was strong enough for OUR to get out into Syracuse back
2: then. You could pick it up. Yeah. Um, and and they did enough that they when they were the only choice that they did okay you know because people would would scramble to to, to set up their antennas to listen to it because it was one of the the first and and you know great fm stations uh back then you know and uh so yeah we were it was nice being uh on 95x back then because it was one of the uh, pioneers of fm radio in syracuse and central new york and then Ninety-four Rock signed on for a couple of years, and, and there were radio battles going back and forth as to who could be the first on the air with stuff, who could be the presenting station for concerts. And it was—I mean—it was a, it was a fun, fun time to be in radio back then. Oh, I
1: bet.
2: You know,
0: really competitive too.
2: Very competitive.
0: Not so much nowadays, right?
2: Not as much because there's—it's—it's it's been watered down so much because people have so many choices. It used to be if you wanted to hear the Rolling Stones' new album, you had to go to a radio station to find it. Now you can find it fifty different ways, oh, you course. know. So, of
0: course, uh, back in the day, though, I mean, you guys were probably trying to screw each other up as much as
2: possible. As much as possible,
0: right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can only imagine. Something. There was there was stuff going on you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like flipping antennas and stuff like that. There
2: was all kinds of things.
0: Some shady shape. Shit yeah. On oh yeah. yeah there was kidding.
2: some guerrilla warfare taking place.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, ninety-five X. How long did you last with those guys?
2: You about really 20, twenty. About twenty-five years. years. And then I moved uh, into uh, working for TK99 for about eight years, and, and while I was there, I worked at OUR for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's nice being back in Utica. Um, but then, uh, then I left um, Galaxy right at the tail end of 2011, and uh, it's, it, as it turns out, the group that owned 95X was starting a new station called the Rebel, and they called me immediately and hired me to write on. I mean, uh, within a couple of weeks. And said they wanted to do a, a classic rock station similar to what I did when when I was at 95X back back in the 70s, and early 80s. Which means a classic rock, but not the same three or four hundred songs. You know, expanding it to 1,500, 2,000 songs, playing those one-hit wonders and regional hits and deeper tracks and album cuts and things like that. You know, so um, and that's that's where it all evolved up to until like two months ago, when. Cumulus, the company that owns us, big company, one of the biggest, we were part of a six-station deal that also included stations in New York, Washington, Atlanta, Savannah, San Jose. Um, They were looking to to raise some capital, raise some cash. They sold our radio station, but they just sold the radio dial position. They didn't sell any of the intellectual property, any of the equipment, any of the studios. So we kept that all alive, and we've continued on as a full-time streaming station. Um, which is kind of like what you do, except it's all audio, and it's 24 hours a day of, of radio. And people can pick us up through, you know, our, our app that we have. They can pick us up off our website. They can pick us up off of Amazon Echo and Google Play and all these other devices that everybody's got nowadays, you yeah.
0: know. And then all of a sudden you got to go, Alexa, please play the rebelrocks.com, please.
2: Yeah. And, and boom, there it is. You know, you can be, I was down in Florida in February visiting my mom and my sister-in-law I had one of these Amazon Echoes by her pool. You know, it's like, Alexa, play the Rebel Rocks. Boom, pops. You know, being on so many different platforms has expanded the reach. I mean, obviously, the Internet, you know, has expanded the reach for everybody to do anything. So then it's just a matter of how do we get the word out, you know, and, and uh, do that the best you can, you know, by tapping into different groups of people and, and letting people know that there's uh, an option out there. I think some of my friends, they spend more time looking for music than actually listening to it and so what i try to do is is help in that process be the curator in that process narrow it down like dj's used to do when dj's used to pick music and and so you can listen to us for 24 hours a day and not hear the same art you know the same song over and over which for older songs you, there's so much to choose from you don't need to you don't need to hit somebody over the head with something you know you can you can it just expands the amount of music you have you know uh, at your access to, uh, to to give to people
0: when you program the Rebel, do you go by mood, or how are you picking songs?
2: Well, nowadays, uh, people use computers. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like a random pick type of thing, right? Well,
2: we program our computer so that there's, you know, categories. There's uh, pre-74, there's, uh, you know, 75 to 79, and there's an 80s, there's a 90s, there's a, a deep classics category. We have local bands that we play every hour. Every hour on the hour, we play a different awesome. local band. So there's different categories... And we even have a Soul Shine category, which is based on the show that I do on Sundays, which is a free-form, old-school, FM-progressive-type show. So all of these different categories get fed into the computer. They all have a certain amount of songs in them. And then the computer spits them all out. And then I look at 24 hours of music, and one by one, I edit every hour to make sure that even though the computer says, yes, here's a pre-74, 75, whatever, that in my head there's, there is a flow to it, that there is... it doesn't sound like a train wreck that songs can go together maybe one fades out one fades in you know there's things like that there is the mood element that computers just can't do and you can hear that if you go i don't care what the algorithm is you can go to pandora spotify you can go to anything and sometimes you'll get into a channel that sounds pretty good but sometimes the songs just sound so random that you have to skip through some of them because they don't make any sense so my job is to try to make sense of those and put that together over the course of a 24-hour day. And every day is different. And every day I go in, sit down in the morning with my cup of coffee. And thanks for supplying me with one today here that I have. Uh, but Utica coffee. They're Utica coffee. So it's, it's just me and my dog and my cup of coffee. And we spend a couple hours programming the next day's music, you know.
0: Awesome. Back in the day, do you ever go by a handle or do you always use your government name?
2: Yeah, always used the name. I, I See, again, I grew up listening to WNEW in New York and they used... They, they were the first jocks that I knew of that, that used their own names, or at least I thought they were their own names, because they weren't the standard radio names. Mm-hmm. You know, when I listened to WABC when I was a kid, listened to Top 40 on a transistor radio, they were like, you know, Cousin Brucie, you know, they had radio names, you yeah. know. But they the, F- the FM guys were like, you know, Scott Muni, you know, and they were laid back, and they had, and I'm like, if I'm ever, g- and I didn't even think about being in radio, but once I got introduced to that in college, I'm like, I'm just going to use my own name. I don't want to be somebody else. I don't want to ha- invent a character. I want to just be who I am, you know. And so that's that's ended up I just kept it the, all, you know. just It was easier to do that way. Yeah. You know?
0: No Spike with your name or anything. No. Like that. It's Spike Rock <laughs> with you right here.
2: <laughs> I had some nicknames in, in high school and college, but I went, <laughs> nope, And I'm going right to my own name. Just keep those, you know. <laughs>
0: We're hanging out with Dave Presina on therebelrocks.com. You did mention that you play local bands. If there's a local band out there interested in having their music played on your station, how do they get in touch with you?
2: Um, well, there's a couple of different ways. I mean, I've got an uh, email address, dave at therebelrocks.com. Uh, we've got a website, therebelrocks.com. We've got a Facebook page, you know, facebook.com slash therebelrocks. You can see a, a trend developing here with the name we've used. But I mean, well, I've it's got... It's the branding. It is, it is the branding, and that's oh, what it brand. takes. And um, I have a show called Soundcheck that's been on that's on every Sunday night. So, in addition to playing local bands every hour, I also play a full hour every Sunday. Sometimes breaking new artists, breaking new songs, doing interviews, doing in studio performances, and coming up in December, uh, it'll be the 40th anniversary of that show, December 2nd. So, I started that in 1979, and and it's 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 been on the air with me. For you know the three or four radio stations that I've been on over the course of you know forty-one some odd years, so that and that show is just it just keeps going. And and again, we've got a website, we've got a, a Facebook page for that. Uh, it's Facebook.com/slash/thebestrockaround. Because I I used to always end my show by saying the best rock around is in your own backyard, and so that's where to find it. I post the playlists every week. It's open to any bands or musicians um in you know we we call it music from the 315 but it really covers upstate new york you know i play bands from ithaca uh, utica rome area from rochester watertown and so it's really just unsigned bands bands that travel through our neck of the woods bands that you know are looking for exposure and the level of musicianship is off the charts the the the, the recording possibilities now the studios that are out there uh, you can't i dare anybody to tell the difference i can play an hour of music. You can't tell me which songs are locally produced and which ones aren't. I mean, it's just that good. You know.
0: Got a couple friends checking in. Uh, Carlo Russo checking in. What up, Carlo? Good to hear from you. He's saying hello. If everybody out there at Facebook land could do us a quick favor and click the share button, that would be greatly appreciated. Bob Staffa, my old friend Bob Staffa checking <laughs> in. And he's saying, how much do we miss the uncute carts, guys? <laughs> he's saying, Z, my trainer. Dave, my boss. I'm still a rebel at heart. I trained Bob at K-Rock back in." Bob
2: is one of the best in the business. Yeah. He, he's on 95X now. I had him on Rebel as long as I could. That's the one thing that we don't ha- currently have on our radio stream is jocks other than what I'm on on Sunday. So it is all music, even in the morning show, but Bob, his show prep, his presentation is as good as anybody out there. You know, He's, he's fun to listen to because you learn something when you're listening to him. It's, it's old school radio and I love it.
0: It's one thing, he's all about the music yeah. and has always been all about the music, that, that's for sure say 1996 i don't i refer to like 96 all the way f- till like present day as my blackout years so <laughs> I, I don't re- really remember too much from back then. But
2: those are the 80s to me those are the 80s if s- says hey man we met at the paradise saloon i'm like sorry i'm out <laughs> uh, <laughs> nope. i'm sorry whatever happened whatever i don't know i don't recall no i don't remember i don't recall
0: what was the first band you ever obsessed with
2: the first one I ever heard, the first album I ever bought was The Beatles. The Beatles? Literally. Yeah. You know, and it's not a cliche, I literally bought Meet The Beatles when I was a kid. And I saw him on The Ed Sullivan Show. I, and to me, it was like, up to that point, you know, I really didn't, my dad was, had, had you know, had albums, he was a, a horn guy, like Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass, Al Hurt, Louis Armstrong, which is the reason I wanted to start playing trumpet. My mom was into Nat King Cole and, and, uh, soundtracks of, of, uh, theater productions and things, so I grew up listening to music, but until then, you know, I'd heard some things on the radio, but it was, that was all of a sudden, like, that was just, that was completely different, that was a game changer, and I bought everything that they put out, and I listened to, and I looked forward to seeing everything that they did, and all of the bands that followed them, and that's when I started listening to music on a transistor radio, and going to, and like, so many people, I can't, every time I read up a book about somebody, oh, I listen to a transistor radio under my pillow to go to sleep, I'm like... There must be a whole generation of us that did that, you know. So, you know, that's where it started, you know. But I think, you know, the first band, the the first actual concert outside of, um, you know, the National Act that I saw was at Cortland State. And uh, it was uh, Jackson, I think it was Jackson Brown and Linda Ronstadt, like in 74, and that same year, I saw Yes with Rick Wakeman. Uh, I saw the Eagles on their on tour, where I still have the poster. It was like students two fifty without ID, four fifty or four dollars. So I mean, yeah, you know. Now I think four dollars won't get you a bottle of water at an Eagles concert. You know, <laughs> so things have changed.
0: Queue up the Edith Bunker right now. Those were the days, <laughs> Those right? Those were the days.
2: <laughs> but you know, back even when I started in Syracuse, you know, you could I saw the police in a club. And I saw you two in a club and, and, and Bon Jovi and the Stray Cats and all of these bands played clubs. So people say, Well, I you know, I wish we could still see bands like that in the club. Like you can. You can. You just gotta go out. Yeah. And for every one you know, for every ten you see, maybe two or three are gonna make it big, but what have you lost in the process? You're seeing somebody creating music. And some of these bands you're gonna see and tell people about years later. I'm still seeing bands. I was here two weeks ago, came into Sir or to the Utica to see Taz play. Brandon Niederauer, the kid that ripping it up a great young talent teenage kid why wouldn't i want to see somebody like that
0: for free for free in a park
2: yeah so there and so there's there's people making music right now and and you don't have to you know see them in a in a, a stadium you can see them in clubs and see them in small theaters and see them in outdoor shows like you said these these local events where you can see multiple bands all at once and and sometimes see the progression of these bands from when they start up through and see how you know, met, you, they gain momentum, and success breeds success, and it gives them new opportunities. And some bands really evolve into that, and some don't. And you know, that's the spinning wheel of music. It's, it's, you know, some bands go through multiple changes from personnel. Some of them don't evolve after a certain period of time, but some of them do, and those are the ones that you w- love to watch. You know?
0: Yeah. Out of all the interviews you've done in your years, because you've done a lot of interviews, you. Interviewed so many musicians throughout the years. Are there anyone that like you were really, really nervous for before you talked to? Does any of them stand out? Like you, you were starstruck, fanboy.
2: Uh, you a you know what? I'm 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 such a music fan that almost all of them I'm a little starstruck, and and, and every interview I go into, I want to be fully prepared for. You know, even though I know the band, like when Little Steven came in, I'll tell you, a couple of months ago, Little Steven, we were running uh, underground. Garage as a network show, and I've been a Springsteen fan since I first saw them in 75 at Oswego State at Laker Hall. And I've seen them everywhere from from places like that to outdoors at, at the Meadowland or in front of 65,000 people. And I'm just a huge fan of Springsteen and, and what little Stephen has done with uh, Southside Johnny and, and on his own career and his acting career. And to have him come into the studio, his publicist calls up and says, Stephen's going to be in town. He has a niece that goes to SU. He's going to be speaking up at it. Can he come into the studio for a bit? And I'm like, can he come into the studio? Would he? Will he? And having him stop by, and he goes, how much time do I have? You know, how much time? What do you need me to do? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, most people let me play like 10th Avenue Freeze Out, you know. I said, you can play as much, anything you want. He goes, anything? I said, yeah, anything you produce? Anything. Darlene Love? Yeah. Dick Dale? Whatever you want. He goes, so I can play anything you want. Said, what kind of station is this? <laughs> you know, It was like, <laughs> but to be able to interview him and, and even though I've known him or know about him and listened to him for over like 30, 40 years, I made sure that I spent the day ahead of time looking up interviews that he'd done and doing more research and having background and, and even having a better understanding of things about him and what he's done just so that he knew that I'm not some flack that's just going to say, hey, you you know, love the Sopranos, dude. You know, it's like you got to – and when artists understand that you know more about them, that you're a real fan and that you have a depth of knowledge, Mm -hmm. then they open up. And then you get information that maybe you didn't know before. And I I had him on the air as a guest DJ for close to an hour. And it was one of the most entertaining and informative and fun interviews I've ever done. And it was a challenge. But to to have him in the same room and have him laughing along – and have him contributing and getting excited about things, there's nothing better than that when you can engage with, with an uh, interviewer. And, you know, a lot of times you get stuck doing interviews with people over the phone because there's no other access. And you can't read body language, and you can't have that one-to-one. But when they're in the same room, you can see if, if a topic is on or off. You can see if they're into it or not. Okay. And you can read the room. And, and you know, you've got to understand that don't just read your questions. You know, follow up with what they're saying, you might get more information than you wanted or needed, you know. So, you know, I try to treat every interview like that. Um, some of them are a little more intimidating. A guy like John Cleese from Monty Python, to me, is intimidating because the guy's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And he'll just take you down to nothing if you don't, if you can't stay on the same <laughs> level with him. So there's people like that you, you respect, you know, and you want to make sure that you are prepared for. So.
1: You probably
0: have a list. You could probably write a book and all the.
2: Uh, I've been fortunate. Have you ever thought
0: about writing a book?
2: Uh, Now that I have a little bit more free time, maybe, I've read some really, really great books. Uh, Matt Pinfield has a really good book. You probably remember Matt from his days with MTV and 120 Minutes and and all of the work that he's done. Um, And there are some people that have written some really terrific uh, radio books. So, you know, I don't know what I could add to that um other than my own unique experience of the way i kind of fell into radio and some of the people that i've met and interviews i've seen and bands i've seen on the way up and things it's possible you know you never know one book that
0: comes to mind eddie trunk's book another one amazing book
2: book? and and eddie's one of those guys too that we had on the air for as long as we could once we had eddie trunk on every saturday night um and we had him come to town Mm -hmm. and we hung out with him and we kind of got him drunk down at the Dinosaur Barbecue. So it was uh, it was kind of fun to hang out with him. Um, but when we went to the stream, since he has an Internet presence already, uh, he was looking for a, a, an FM signal. His, his advertisers for that particular show needed to be on an FM dial, and we couldn't provide that. So we had to, you know, part ways, unfortunately. I wanted to keep him on the stream if I could. But we have kept Matt Pinfield's show uh, flashback on on Sunday mornings from 6 to 10 because... His, he understands and his syndicator understands it's better to be on in a market than not be on. And I love what Matt does with that particular show, so he's a great lead-in what I do on Sunday mornings.
0: Refresh my brain, who's the original flashback guy?
2: Uh, uh, uh. George? No. it's Yes. I'll think of it before the at end. I used to
0: have to play him Sunday mornings at OUR when I worked at OUR. Right, OUR. right. It would make me fall asleep
2: he had her old school radio voice though, too and, and, and I'll think of it before I, somebody out there knows yes. and I'll probably think of it before we go off here so.
0: if anybody can remember the old school flashback voice uh, or post oh, film me now
2: world. I just I just read I just saw his name the other day oh well
0: he's a legend that's <laughs> what happens
2: when you once you get past, this is what happens when you're born in the 50s okay sometimes you you, you have little lapses of memory <laughs> How's your
0: summer been, man? You, you've seen a lot of bunch of shows this year?
2: Constantly. Yeah? You know, I, I just went, I was, like I said, a couple of weeks ago I was in town for Taz. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just out last night uh, down to uh, Good Natured to see uh, Donna the Buffalo, they're one of my favorites from Trumansburg. They've been around forever. It's just a tr- terrific band. Yeah. just a great band. But, you know, I, one of my side gigs now, I, I was lucky enough that the people at Syracuse.com got in touch with me when they heard that we were switching to stream. And I'd be working less hours. I wouldn't be working 50 hours a week, you know. I'd be working more like 25. And they said, "We need somebody to help us do entertainment." I said, "What do you got in mind?" They said, "Well, we need somebody. We want to do an audio uh, feature, a preview of all of the Lakeview Amphitheater shows, and then a recap for certain shows that make sense." And I'm like, "Done." So now, you know, I go to those shows and I do a quick preview for all of the shows. Like I've got, a, I've got a preview online for Florida Georgia Line coming up later on this week. It doesn't have to be bands that are in particularly in my wheelhouse, but just to give people an idea of what to expect. Uh, usually it's about a minute and a half of, of what they're currently doing on tour, who's on, this, who's on the bill with them. Who, you know, Give people a little bit of an idea. And then for select shows like the, the Frampton Jason Bonham show or the Hart Sheryl Crow show or the, even the Zach Brown show, then I'll do concert recaps, about three minutes of What they did, what songs they did, what what special guests they might had on stage, things like that. So that's keeping me. I mean, Z, the only thing better than going to a show for free that we've been lucky enough to do over the years is to get paid to go to a show. Right. Which (laughs) you're able to do too. So you know. That's why I'm in the business. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's the best. If you're a music fan, it doesn't get better than that. You know. It's true. It's true.
0: I I have such a music obsession that I had to get in the industry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was it.
0: But it's the only thing I know. It's. You too, man. It's the only thing we know. So That's guys like you and I, we're, we're lifers.
2: When I heard in February that the station had been sold, I didn't know at the time it was only the FM signal. I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I've been doing this for like 40 years. What am I going to do? I was a phys-ed major like half a decade ago. What am I supposed... Or four decades ago. What am I so- I had no idea. No clue. I'm like, well, maybe I can teach, you know? I have friends that do that. I was toying with that idea but I really had no clue and over the course of just a few weeks the people at the radio station got together and said you know we can do this as a streaming station maybe corporate will let us do that they put together a business plan and Cumulus is paying our our music fees and streaming fees I'm in the same studio, same resources and they're taking care of everything, all I have to do is program the music and show up once a week to go on the air live and then promote that, you know, and I've got, we've got three Facebook pages in addition to my own, we've got a website, we've got Instagram, we're on every social media, Twitter, I mean, it's so, it, you use all of these resources to just, you know, promote that end of it, and the fact is, is that, again, most people have access to Bluetooth, whether it's in their car, their trope, their bar, their their, their motorcycle, their, their, I've got a Yamaha receiver that has Bluetooth input on it, I mean... Headphones, uh, everything. It's just you know.
0: I got to interrupt you for a second. Bill Saint James. Bill Saint James. That's it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Jess Sheldon, for. I, I feel like I got to give you Jess. a prize, but.
2: <laughs> and Jess killed it yesterday with Lightkeepers, by the way. Oh okay. Opening up for Donna of the Buffalo.
0: So the Light Keepers I've seen them I actually yeah. saw them At the Sammys A couple years ago Yeah
2: Go see them again Yeah Great band Yeah
0: great. Again it goes back To the thriving music community That we have going on right now. There's yeah. so many great bands In the 315 Between Utica And Syracuse We could sit here And do a whole separate podcast And I do a whole separate podcast yeah. On all the talent That is in the
2: 315 Yeah it's pretty ridiculous it really is It's pretty impressive And when I have friends of mine Come up from New York We'll go to a club And see a band They're like Where are these guys from I go here They're like mm-hmm. Really? I said, yeah. They go, do they? How often they play? I go, a lot. You know, it's like, and that's that's one of the things that people up here don't understand is that they get spoiled because a band like the Lightkeepers will play four times in a week, and so they, you know, they're like, well, you know, I don't want to go see them every night. I'm like, why not? If you can. But sometimes you get so many choices that there's different bands playing on different nights. And it used to be that you'd have to go out on a Friday, Saturday night. Now there's events every Thursday, or there's shows on Monday nights in parks, like even around here tuesday night series there's all kinds of things going on
0: but there's nothing to do around there's here. nothing to
2: do you know i got nothing to see it's like oh my god you're not even trying
0: are you seeing less of that though these days in syracuse i know we're seeing less of it here in utica we've got this whole revitalization going on here in utica like it's really starting to pick up there's construction going on people buying businesses up people eating up the, the real estate inventory and whatnot are you seeing some of that in syracuse as well
2: yeah, I mean, all over the place. I mean, places like the Nelson Odium, little places, a little old Grange Hall that, that, that books great music. They just do an incredible series. It's a great listening room of about 100 people. And Center for the Arts down in Homer, a converted church, a great lineup of bands down there. Ty Marshall puts together an incredible lineup. It holds about 400, you know, 450. And there's places like that popping up everywhere. And and then there's, you know, places like Good Nature will have music outdoors. or you know, And then there's festivals like the one that just came up this, this weekend, you know. Um, Ray Brothers, Ray Brothers is another, Brothers is another one, uh-huh. and and so there are all these places that are that are picking up, and and the pieces and the people that own these places are music fans, uh-huh. and so they want to spread the news, you know, and they're giving musicians more places to play and more, and so more people are able to see them that might be out of that loop because you, you know you got to understand that people have their own groups of friends and their own circle, their own loops of information, and some people may only stay in one area, so sometimes you've got to bring the music to them. You know, you can't... They, they're not used to leaving a certain area, you know, that their comfort zone, you, you know. You spoon feed them. You do, and, and so the more places that pop up that you can see things, you know, the more converted theaters or, or you know, movie theaters or converted churches or, you know, uh, restaurants that open their, their doors to acoustic acts, you know, or we, I was just talking to Lock One Distillery in, in Phoenix, a great local distillery, and they're starting to put acoustic bands into their place now so i mean it's like everybody wants to take part in this scene because they understand that one thing helps one hand washes another you know bring in some music fans and they can try your product or bring in you know or, or the musicians can then spread the word about a, a certain bar or a club or a theater to get people to go there and, and so it, it in, the whole entertainment business helps each other you know
0: you know the one thing too we talked about Prior to all this, we were talking about how the radio stations were competitive wi- with each other back in the day. I'm starting to see less competition amongst the bands as well. It's more of a community thing instead. Cause that, you remember back in the day, a lot of the bands would just you know mess each other up. Or it was a very competitive nature. We're starting to see less of that and more helping each other out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I because of, of my position, I try to never even get involved in that. Right. Um, because there are bands that switch members or there is things that go on and and it's like any combination of people you put together there's going to be sometimes some drama or some friction and i i just try to stay away from that all because you know my job is to expose the music not getting involved in the day-to-day who's doing what to who you know i I just still can't deal with that i i want to present music in the most positive fashion that i can so I, i generally stay away from that i'm not even sure that if I hear something like that, I kind of back away from it. So I stay away from that whole end of it. I try not to get involved in that. Um, I'm sure that it's going on at some level, but I don't know about it.
0: It's less now.
2: It's, it seems to be less. And you know what? I go to a lot of shows where you see other musicians at shows to see musicians, which is great, yep. you know, when they have an off night. And sometimes you'll see somebody at a show going, man, I haven't seen these guys because I work the same nights as they do. And sometimes when you get an opportunity on a Sunday afternoon or a Tuesday night, that you'll see other musicians checking each other out, you know, and maybe we can do a gig together, or maybe I can show up and, and play on your album, or there's things like that, which is a great a great thing to see people networking, and, and being able to mix crowds together, you know, t- I'll take my crowd and introduce them to your crowd, you know
0: one hand washes the other
2: exactly, and you know, trading
0: gigs that helps, and, you know, it's just one big community that we're all in it together yeah man, so much to talk about here So much to talk about. So do you ever think that, like, would you ever... (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm going to switch it up. (laughs) Let me switch it up. I I was going to get personal, but we're not going to get personal. We're going to talk more about music today. Um, A festival. Would you ever think about throwing your own festival?
2: Boy.
0: Rebel Fest?
2: Well, you know what? I have entertained the thought of it through my... I've done festivals in the past Mm -hmm. with Soundcheck. I mean, I did one at the the old Macarthur Stadium. We put together like six bands on, back in the day. You know, um, we did one at the, the old uh, uh, Cathedral downtown um, with a whole number of bands. I've done soundcheck shows before with local bands. Um, I did a series of shows just last year at Subcat Studios, where we put a different band in every week or every once a month, yep. and recorded with about a twenty-five person audience recorded a live set and then played it back the following week in its entirety and, and in fact the light keepers took some of their songs and made it into an album right. the rip chords made theirs into an album but i had people like karen savoka and pete heitzman and, and had black river and so uh, from time to time we'll do things like that um but as far as an, a, a different type of festival I'm, I'm thinking of at some point maybe doing one around my soul, show soul shine which is again it's not it's local it's artists, but it's also artists like the Wood Brothers and Tedeschi Trucks and John Prine and all of these artists that nobody else is playing. Guster, which is still a vibrant band 20 years later. And at some point there might be a Soul Shine Festival, but I mean there's so many other people that are doing these and doing them well that I kind of let the pros handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I do anything, maybe I'll just tag on to one of them, you know?
0: Be the MC. <laughs> <laughs> or,
2: or, I'll prom- and I have done that before. There have been shows that at Beacon Skiff, that'll be like a soul shine presents and i'll let somebody else do the work and, and make the money and i'll just help promote it so i'm fortunate enough to have great relationships with some of the really good promoters that have been in town that are in town that are booking these bands and so that i can sometimes tag on and help spread the word for it so up to this point i've, I've kind of been content with letting the pros do those things you know and, and then just stepping back and doing what i do which is promote them and play those artists
0: any of the local bands right now, and not excluding any of them, but do you think there's one out there that could get some national exposure?
2: I always do. Yeah. And, it, and I don't want to even point fingers right now because the thing is, is that sometimes it, lightning strikes in the weirdest ways at the strangest times. It's all timing and location and who you know and who you've played in front of. And you don't know if you're – that's the thing that I try and impress upon people is that they, they used to always say this about radio is that, um, you know, you never know who's listening. And if you put a commercial on the air, don't put a commercial on the air that you produced unless you put it on your air check, because you just never know. And a band could be having an off night and playing in front of thirty people, but one of those people could be just driving through, visiting a friend, and he happens to know somebody or know somebody. You just never know. And I think there's there's eight ten bands in upstate New York that if somebody heard them in the right setting, at the right stage, at the right time. Could easily go on to something much bigger. There's, there is that level of talent. And, and that's what I really like to see is when you can take a local area band, a regional band, and put them on a big stage. Put them at Saranac in front of a national act. Put them at Paper Mill Island in front of a national act. Put them at the Landmark Theater or the Stanley Theater. Put them where it's apples to apples. So people don't, when people think of local bands and they see them in a club, they think of them as small put them on a big stage with a big sound system with lights and, and then people go holy crap, these guys are as good as anything else I've seen so make it on level ground you'd give me, i, I again I can name, and I'm not going to right now because I might forget somebody but I can name ten bands that you put them on a big stage with the same sound system and the same light show that you give a national act and you they could hold their own with anybody out there
0: I agree.
2: I'm, and I'm, I'm not I I'm absolutely believe that
0: so many great musicians. We're talking about it. And that pretty much is the inspiration behind this whole podcast is the local music scene. I started to play some music when we first got the D-Long. Right. And it, because of licensing and, and algorithms, we swayed away from the music and went into more of a conversation. But we're still out there doing events and stuff like that. Sure. And now, is the Rebel out there doing events? Do
2: Constantly. We,
0: yeah, you guys are, are involved in the community. We're still out
2: promoting yep. stuff. You know, I mean, whenever we get an opportunity, um, if we find a festival that makes sense for us. Like I said, I don't mind, you know, trying to promote stuff. Uh, I have a great working relationship with the guys at Creative Concerts. So, I mean, we just gave away tickets. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> we just gave away tickets for the Marcus King Band showing up uh, at Paper Mill Island this week. And, and, in fact, it's one of those examples where a local band, Atkins Riot, that won the Sammy Award last year, is going to be on the bill with them. So, you know, whenever we get an opportunity to help people promote shows, we'll go out there and do it. You know, that's what we... That's how we built the station, is maintaining great relationships with promoters, playing the bands that nobody else is playing. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of bands that come through town that, that kill other places, but there's no stations, radio stations, playing these artists. So th- I said, let's, let's play these artists. Let's put them on the air. Let's expose them. If somebody l- grew up listening to classic rock, a lot of these bands are playing the same kind of music, the same attitude. They're just not, they haven't been around 40 years. So let's expose these people that like that kind of music to the same artists, you know. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, there's all of these opportunities to do that.
0: People, don't sleep on that Marcus King show on Sunday. Oh at God. Paper Mill Island. It's going to be a <laughs> great show. Make sure you go out and support that. Brought to you by our good friends over at Creative Concerts. Paper Mill Island is a great venue. It, there's no better sunset. I love when the sunset comes on in that place. When
2: you it's see cool. bands out there, we saw Gary Clark Jr. there last year. I mean, you see bands out there you're getting as close as you're going to get to some of these bands that are playing much bigger locations, Yeah, you know and it's that's just a great, again it, great promoters find bands that are in between gigs or on their way up or in, in, in an ideal situation where they can present them to a, an audience, don't sleep on shows like this, it's just that's what, you know, when people say, oh I wish I c- could have seen shows that you did, I'm like you can, you just have to Go put yourself out there. You know, spend 20 25 bucks 25 and do it. It's worth it, you know.
0: It is. And open up your mind. Yeah. You know, the gerbil always used to say, open up your ears, your mind will follow. Right? <laughs> right. And, and it's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just open up, broaden your horizons a little bit. But there, Marcus King's going to be a great show. The kid is, like, on top of the world right now and, and growing. There's a high ceiling for him.
2: Right. Well, I mean, for anybody that's used to see Derek Trucks on his way up, and I right. saw him when he was starting out. Yeah. Look what he's done. There isn't, uh, you know, if he isn't one of your top five current guitar players, then you don't get out often enough <laughs> because he's just on another planet. Uh-huh. I mean, I've, every time I get an opportunity to see Tedeschi Trucks, you know, I go out of my way. When Derek starts playing, everyone shuts up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things. But again, when he started out, you know, it was more of a novelty. Hey, look, you know, he's related to so. You know, I'm like, no, man, listen to what he's doing. Right. He's doing something different. So and, and when you give people like that a chance to grow, and you give them the, the support that they they need, you never know what's going to happen. And again, Marcus could be one of those guys. He could be. You know,
0: it's like Gary Clark, right? Years ago, look at him, blowing up. Yeah, blowing up. Something about Tedesky trucks is a religious experience to me. Do you agree?
2: There, well, to me,
0: I think they just get me. Like right here, every time Susan came stadium,
2: into my you? studio mm-hmm. when she first started out before she met Derek when she was first a solo artist, and came in and played live on the air. It was just me and her in the studio. And I still get chills thinking about it. I seriously do. Like, she took the wind out of, out of my sails that day. Just listening to her sing, as close as I am to you, I was just going, oh my God. And she ended up, I think, opening up for John Mellencamp on that tour. Then she you know, went out and met Derek, formed this band, And between her singing and her musical ability, and his musical ability, and then the musicians they surrounded themselves with—if they had been out 20 years ago, they would have been—they'd be one of the top classic rock bands of all time. They're just so good. They meld all of those elements, you know, that Delaney and Bonnie up through Fleetwood Mac, up through all of these bands that had a female element, a male, you know, that had a a, a little bit of R&B, that had rock, that had soul, that had. Horns—they're just one of the best bands out there. I could talk about them all day, and there's just not enough. I mean, I know that we're one of the only stations within 50, 100 miles here that plays them deep—five, six, eight tracks deep. Nobody's playing them, I, and so again, I like being an. For me, I like being an outlet for bands like that. You know, I like being an outlet. When I, someone came the other day, said, "You were," I heard Mo on the air. I'm like, I know. Why wouldn't I play them? They're a, a, a huge band around here. Yeah, Why wouldn't guys, I? Right. right. We know them. Right. Why wouldn't I play them? Um, and there's bands like the Wood Brothers I've seen a half a dozen times that can just sold out down at Beacon Skiff mm-hmm. with Lake Street Dive. Again, these are bands that you go out to and the crowd is between 22 and 60, 72 because they appeal to people that like that kind of music when they were listening to, when they were younger, and newer kid, newer, younger audiences that like what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. So... There's, there's a lot of bands out there that, you know, given the opportunity to expose, I always jump on that.
0: Blackberry Smoke. Blackberry
2: Smoke's another one of my favorites. Yeah. These guys have been around 20 years. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, they're a new band. Right. You know, they came out of the same element, in the same neighborhood as, as the Black Crows. Mm-hmm. Except that, you know, unlike a lot of bands that have been around 20 years or 30 years, they don't rely on a catalog of hits because some of their best work is their last couple, two, three albums. These guys are are making some of their best music now. They're not going up there just slugging out old greatest hits from twenty years ago. And and they're such a vibrant band that that, that keeps that spirit of that southern rock sound alive, of Skinner, of the Almond Brothers, of, of all of those bands that we grew up with, you know. So yeah, there's always there's a there's all kinds of these bands that are floating around out there. That and again, that's a band that I saw at Paper Mill. I saw them at the Westcott. They're playing at CMAC. They're playing. They're opening for people. They're headlining. I mean, so, and then there's bands like Savoy Brown, believe it or not, that are now based out of central New York. They're still putting out albums that, that are on the top of the blues charts. They're still touring all over the country and in Europe, and they're based here in central New York. Savoy Brown, a band that's, that has its roots going back to the British blues scene back 40, 50 years ago. So, I mean, there's there's, there's a wealth of material and music out there to, to, to support and to play and to listen to
0: did you ever meet Ronnie James Deal?
2: A long, long time ago. Yeah. When I was at Cortland State as a freshman. Okay. Um, it was back way back in like seventy four, maybe. Um, but other than that I had a chance to see him play in Syracuse. But I and I interviewed him over the phone. Again, a phone interview. But it's not the same as being in the same space. Can't catch you the know? no it, it's not the same and it's again when you're on the phone you can't tell if someone's rolling their eyes at a question <laughs> you just <laughs> gave them you know you can almost hear it sometimes but uh, it, there's nothing like being in front of somebody and talking to them but um, again back 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 in Cortland the days you know they were still an elf you know back in the early 70s and, and Dave Feinstein was still down there you know with the rods and he still lives down there in Carl Kennedy and those guys you know so um, there was some stuff going on there, you know. I, here I am coming up from Long Island, kind of a pre-post hippie thing going on in the in the early '70s, you know. And I walk into this bar on Main Street, the old Noah John's, I think it was, right next to the Dark Horse, which is still there. And I see these guys with leather jackets on and long hair. I'm like, the hell are these guys? You know, that was the guy an elf, you know. <laughs> Little did I know back then, you know having met a legend guy. Right, you know.
0: <laughs> you know, your opinion on Joe Bonamassa.
2: You know what, I saw Joe, and I played him on the air when he was, what, 12, 13 years yeah, old. Bloodline. And, and I that. played him with Bloodline. Mm-hmm. I remember those guys real well. And I still have a good relationship with Joe. Whenever I see him, I get an opportunity to shake his hand and say hi. He's such a technical, incredible player in what he's been able to do. If
0: he's not on your top five guitar players right now, And
2: you know what, listening. this goes down to something that is never going to end, it's that people never give respect to people that, that, that they grew up with or that they that live close by. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's an old expression, it's, it's it's tough to go home or it's hard to go home. or, it's, And you see this constantly. Guys like Martin Sexton, who had to leave Syracuse to make it to the level that he's at, or a guy like Ed Hamill, or, you know, even people like Karen Savoak and Pete Heitzman, who are from the area, from Munnsville, they're playing all over the country, around the world. And they have a, a dedicated... A bunch of people that will see them in syracuse but not as as big as they are in some other places and they're world-class musicians i think when you get a guy like joe bonamassa that you put pl- you put him anywhere else in the country in the world and people just go this is one of the best guitar players ever mm-hmm. around here he's like oh yeah that's joe you know oh yeah and they come up with excuses and reasons why but face it there's very few people that can play the way he plays and he's developed a voice, and he's developed a brand, and he's he's a, he's just a, he's one of those guys that's made a name for himself, and and people are, around here should be proud of what he's done. Right. You know? So
0: I, I say this all the time: there should be streets named after him here in Utica. There should be a statue of Joe Bonamassa somewhere in Utica. But unfortunately for
2: everybody, it's like, oh yeah, it's Joe or yeah. Joey, you know, and it's like that's just not fair on so many levels, yeah, you and know.
0: And it's discouraging to him though, because he doesn't want to come to his hometown to even play a show where he can't even draw people.
2: You know, and I think. Uh, an unfair knock on him is because he was so good, so young, that he, he didn't have what some people think is that experience of having to slag it out in, in, in clubs like some other musicians do or have done or continue to do because he was able to jump to another level at an earlier age. But that's that's not a knock on him. And, and it reminds me of somebody like Taz, like uh, uh, who at a, as a teenager, he's playing out there and I don't think people appreciate the level of musicianship that he has and the, the band that he has with him. And when you don't take an opportunity to appreciate kids at this level, you're going to miss out on something. And, again, I don't know how far Taz is going to go, but he has all the tools. And he's as good as anybody I've seen at that age. Anybody.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know... Is he 15? 15 or 16, maybe? The it's ridiculous. It's the future. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, if you get an opportunity to see Joe... And he's got Pauly Saratoran with him now, who's a Syracuse guy on sax, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, any any opportunity you get to see someone like that, why wouldn't you take it?
1: Joe's yeah. always
0: changing it up, too. I mean, like he started off as a blues music, musician and then joined Black Country Community right. with Jason Bonham and Glenn Hughes.
2: And he's done stuff with Beth Hart. Beth,
0: that was amazing. Yeah. There's always, he's always reinventing himself, and that's what right. I love about Joe.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of Joe's.
0: Yeah, me too. It's just that ridicule he gets locally. It, just, it drives me
2: nuts. Well, the, you know what? If there's any consolation, it's that... And, and we were talking about this earlier about bands being in competition with each other. Some people hold a grudge on people that make it out of here. Yeah. They hold a grudge on them, and they don't give them credit. And, and I know that even the, the guys that I know in Savoy Brown... Again, Kim Sim is an original member of the band, but the rhythm section, who's been with them 10 or 15, 20 years is from Central New York, Pat Desalvo and Garnett Grimm. And sometimes they don't even like playing back in Syracuse because they go, hey, everyone just calls me up and expects to get in free or wants to get on the guest list or, or just, they're like, listen, we're working musicians. This is our job. This is what we do. Give us that respect, you know. And it's just, it's it, you know, it is a, a little bit of a thing that I have, a, but it's not it's not just Syracuse or Central New York. I know that I've talked to other musicians and, they say, you know what? It's harder. It's harder to play in our hometown than it is anywhere else. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, that goes with the whole saying, though. You got to make it in your hometown before you can make it anywhere else.
2: Well, sometimes you got to leave your hometown to make it. And
0: that's that's the case <laughs> with Bonamassa and Mo too. Mo had to leave the area. Well, they all graduated high school from the area and then they moved out to Buffalo and became Mo. But right. You know, there's so many of those, and the, the guys that have moved out. Look at Jeff Tatora. Yep. I mean, look, he went out, left. Syracuse, and now he's one of the founding members of Blue Men, Right? I mean, right. he was one of the original OGs from Blue Man.
2: Right? Well, I mean, and a guys like Masters of Reality. You know, look, look what Chris Goss has done. Yep. You know, after he left Syracuse and Central New York, you know, he's one of the top producers in the in the, in the country. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Sometimes you just sometimes you can't you can't work clubs constantly and expect to become anyone that that makes music. I think should appreciate. I would love to be able to play music the way that some of my friends do and be able to have that expression and be able to have be able to to get that feeling i know what that feeling is like only from being in band and i remember when the band was together like a symphonic band and you're playing a piece of music and you're nailing it it is an unbelievable feeling Mm -hmm. the feeling of being part of being able to make music like that so i you know if as a musician you've got to derive pleasure from that if you really want to make it to another level sure you can write songs and hope that somebody picks them up for a movie or a soundtrack and make some money that way. If you really want to make it on a national level it's tough to live out of your own hometown because what are you going to do? Constantly play the same clubs every week? There's a, a kind of a diminishing return of people that are going to come out every week to see you mm-hmm. just like you can't a national act, a touring act isn't going to come around to the same market every six months because your audience is not going to continue to it's going to continue to get smaller, because they can see you... The more often they can see you, the less often they're going to go out to see you. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And there's so, so many venues around, too. Like the outdoor venues in the summertime. Right. You, know, you compete with c and SPAC and Lakeview now.
2: But again, if you're playing four or five nights a week, that's great. You're exposing yourself to different groups of people. Right. But at the same time, you're not going to get the same person that's going to come out and see you a lot of times all four nights. You know? So it's a tough balancing act i wouldn't want to be a working musician but i'd love to be able to play like one (laughs) just just to be able to do that you know everybody wants to be in a band and be able to you know to nail that song you know to to hit that note you know and and to be in that groove with other guys that you have that in common with you know and and to, to to work into that one jam that for one particular night comes out perfect i mean that's that's you know that's lightning in a bottle you know
0: when you're programming The Rebel do you dig deep locally like in 805 throwing or yep. Todd Hoban or something sure. like that Yeah. oh yeah.
2: yeah I mean that's that's where I started playing you know back I mean and, and if you think I looked at the bands that I played on my first show in 79 more than half of them were still out touring <laughs> and making music so guys like Todd Hoban her survivors and guys like 805 even bands like the New York Flyers that'll come back around every year and play maybe at Turning Stone or somewhere you know And there's other musicians on board, Joe Whiting, Mark Doyle, uh, the guys in the Flash Cubes, uh, Screen Test, that same group of people. These are guys that are just steady, incredibly great musicians, guys like Paul Case that have been around making music, continue to put out great music. You know, I want to expose not only the stuff that they did in the past that people remember hearing on OUR and 95X, but the fact that a lot of them are still making new, Mark Doyle's latest album is freaking stunning. Another guitar noir three album called "Watching the Detectives." It's it's instrumental versions of detective themes with electric guitar and drums and strings. And it's the, the reviews. This is getting around the world are incredible.
0: Detective themes,
2: yeah, like "Watching the Detectives" and "Get Smart" theme, and putting them together in such a way that it's it, it's a it's you have to hear it by to hear it. Um, but it's it's. Tr- like one of the uh, i think one of the latest reviews said it's it's like truly inspired but mark's been making music for many 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 years you know mm-hmm. going back and continues to put out quality material the last juke and bone album that he did with joe whiting another guy who's been around seemingly forever Legend. it sounds as contemporary as anything out there so n- not only can I play stuff that these guys made 40 years ago, but I can play stuff they made last week, you know, which is just, again, it's it's one of the great things about Central New York is these musicians don't just fade away. They continue to make really good music. Contin- if you get a chance to go out and see Mark Doyle and the Maniacs play or, or see Joe Whiting play or see somebody like Lauren Barriger play, who's one of the best guitar pickers like a Chet Atkins type player world class player I'll put him up there with anybody out there like a Tommy Emmanuel, and he lives right around here and, and you can see him playing on a regular basis so yeah I'm still you might not be able to tell but I'm a big fan of, of the local music scene that's around here
0: that's great man and <coughs> hey, um, when is uh, sound check when you do sound check it's
2: After Sunday nights day? at 9 o'clock Sunday nights yeah um, so and then I post the playlist the next day on our on our Facebook page but so every Sunday night, I go in for an hour, and if there's a new release, and I'll play everything from the new Nancy Kelly is an incredible jazz album. Nancy put this together; it was a, a labor of love. And she's been in the, in the jazz scene for many years. And, and people that think that, well, you may only play classic rock, which, there's, how do you play classic rock for local bands? It's, it's all new stuff. Um, but I'll play everything from blues to folk to jazz to heavy metal, to, you know, to reggae, it doesn't matter. To me, it's exposing all kinds of music. There is no format. And Nancy's latest album is incredible. It's, 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 again, world class. So, I can play so many different kinds of music that I try to turn different people on to different kinds of music, you know. And that particular show, if somebody wants to come in and do an interview like we're doing, so I can give people some background on them, or maybe they want to play live on the air, play acoustic, Give people a different way of hearing that particular song or that particular artist. Um, That's one thing that I love doing on Sunday nights. I'll drop everything I'm doing just to go in. People go, well, you could pre-record it. I'm like, yeah, but why would I? Mm -hmm. I like being on live still. Maybe I don't want to be on six days a week working 50 hours a week like I have for the last 40 years. But if I can go in once a week and be live and and, and be able to, you know communicate with people and, and give them kind of information about the, these bands that are around here i I'll jump on it I, that's still something I like to do
0: were you for the voice tracking thing when it first came out I, I feel like it came out what, 15 years ago when people would voice start voice tracking and then play it
2: I Did get you, it yeah I get it and there's times where I've used it because you know people want to hear a voice on the air and, and it beats not having a voice on the air um but given a choice, I've always wanted to be live. Mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's, it's a last resort. And right now, it is so good, the technical end of it, is that you can I can almost guarantee that I could do two shows back-to-back, and most people couldn't tell which was voice track and which wasn't, um, because the technology is that good. Mm. But personally, I, I like being able to be in the moment and and have a song, be listening to a song when it's in headphones, when it's playing, and it might remind me of a certain time or a, a place or an occasion, which music does for people. And I can relay that and I can then, other people can pick up on that. And you know, when you talk about oh man, I saw those guys, I saw the police do that show at the old Uncle Sam's on Erie Boulevard, and people go oh yeah, I remember the Uncle Sam's, and it brings back a memory, and it ties people in. And so, sometimes it if you're just doing a show and you're using show prep and you're, you know, you're, you're doing a four-hour show and it can take you a half hour, 40 minutes to do a four-hour show, you, you lose out on that. You know, I mean, some people are very good at doing that, but you still, there's an element that, that's missing. So I'm, it's a necessary evil, but given a choice, I'll always rather be live.
0: Hanging out with Dave Frisina from The Rebel Rocks. Check him out at TheRebelRocks.com. You just mentioned the police playing back in the day, and, and I know our friend Chuck Chahill was the first promoter to bring the police to the yep. United States. He always tells me about it. Give me a good Chuck Chahill story.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I've got a framed uh, set of concert tickets uh-huh. from that time period. That, um, is, is There's one with the police. There's one with the Good Rats. Um, there's one with Head uh, Head East. Uh, Johnny Winter, an infamous show at the old Uncle Sam's, um, but these were all shows that Chuck did. He put them in a frame and he signed it. And this is from back like I think four, like nineteen seventy nine, and I still have that framed poster of, or, or you know, of, of these actual concert tickets from those particular shows. Some of the first ones that he did around the area, and you know. I love running into Chuck at shows, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's not easy to make him smile. And when you, so <laughs> <laughs> um, he seems to, you know, but uh, he understands the business as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and when, when a guy like that is doing a show and I can help out, you know, he, he has a, a good ear for music. He, has a, he understands the business. And, uh, you know, he is, a, he is a character to hang out with.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I do. I absolutely love him. It cracks me up, but yeah. Uh, take me through that infamous Johnny Winter show. What what happened that night?
2: Man, I I have certain memories of it.
0: Okay, because I've heard something about it rumblings, but I never really paid attention.
2: Well, it was at the, at the, at the old Uncle Sam's, okay, um, on Erie Boulevard, and uh, I remember at the time. Again, back then, I think it was like probably seventy nine or so. I'd have to look at the concert ticket that I just told you about, but um back then radio stations one of the big things was these satin jackets so you'd have a satin jacket with the logo of the radio station on the back and that was what made you look like real hot shit you know mm-hmm. um and i remember wearing my 95x satin jacket in there you know because it was a 95x present show and you know johnny winter being the legend that he was and he had an opening act i think and then but it took him forever to come out and it, everyone's just getting you know back then it was like you know quarter beers you know so you can imagine when you're waiting for a concert and beers are only a quarter that you're going through a few beers and so people are waiting and they're waiting they're waiting for him to come out and he finally comes out on stage and it's just him without the band it's just a solo performance so now people are going you know just Johnny what is he going to do he sits down in a chair and from what I remember he mumbled his way through maybe a song or two and was not having a good night at all it's
0: the quarter beers probably
2: <laughs> i don't know what he was doing i don't know what he what his situation was i don't know the backstory of that but he left after only doing a handful of songs if that but the crowd was not pleased at all people start throwing bottles i took my satin jacket rolled it up into a ball put it under my arm i'm like I don't want to be associated with this show. <laughs> now, it was one thing to be, hey, we're presenting the show. It's another, like, you guys are the ones that put this show. And I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't me, man. I, I got out of there. They turned on you. Turned on me quick, you know. So, I just know that it wasn't a great experience, and it wasn't one of Johnny's finest hours, and that uh, people were pretty rowdy, and it wasn't, it wasn't a great occasion for a show. But for every one of those, there were, you know, seeing the police there. Uh, Seeing you 2 at, at a club, you know, all of those old Lost Horizon shows, I mean, yeah, just, I mean, I think, you know, seeing the Black Crows on their first tour at the Lost Horizon, it's still one of the loudest shows I've ever seen there. And you wouldn't think the Black Crows would be, you know, loud, loud. But they were, they had the thing cranked up to 12. I mean, it was, I was standing at the front door with Greg Italiano, who used to run the place. You know, the late Greg Italiano, one of the great concert guys or you know club guys out there. I was standing like a foot away from them talking to them we couldn't even hear each other talk. And it was so we were at the front door. But that was I mean, you know, some of those old shows you just, you know, certain memories you have that the uh, a band like the Stray Cats celebrating what their 40th anniversary I think this year. They played in July of of I think 79, 80, 81 maybe, 81. Back at the yeah maybe 81 at the the Lost Horizon and it was so hot that they they were stripped to the waist they had to send out for, for towels we were trying to find any store that was still open on Erie Boulevard that had towels because they were sweating like crazy the place was so they, they were ripping it up back when they were like, like p- hitting their prime you know so certain little things like that you remember certain shows and seeing you two on their on their second tour or well, their first tour I think they did I will follow twice. Because they did it during the set, and they did it again as an encore because they didn't have any other material. And the second time I saw them was at uh, Cayuga Community College, and it was during the War tour. And there was there was maybe I don't know five six hundred people there. And I'm like, this is the same band, right? The the Irish band, the one that has the album War. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, it's general admission in a school gym. I, I expected the place to be packed, but word hadn't caught on yet. That the album had just come out and you know that broke him to a certain level but you know th- it wasn't the same level the Joshua Tree two albums later did or whatever but after the show Bono was just hanging out backstage signing autographs and stuff and, and I had to leave to go back drive back to Syracuse and do the overnight show so I couldn't hang out after the show I just saw he was hanging out autograph and I couldn't wait online line any longer I'm, well, I'll am i catch him some other time well yeah, the next time was at the Dome and there was no going backstage for that one you know <laughs> They blew, quick, huh? they blew up pretty quick after that. Yeah.
0: Are you a collector, of memorabilia? Yeah. Yeah. What's your most prized possession?
2: Um. I have a. a I don't know. I have a, a an autographed Springsteen, autographed Robert Plant from when I m- met him at the Landmark Theater, an autographed Clapton poster from Behind the Sun. I've got a pair of Ringo Starr drumsticks. Um, Richie Haywood. Drumsticks from Little Feet. I love Little Feet. One of my favorite bands. One of the first bands I saw at the landmark theater with Lowell George. Um there's a lot of weird things. I've got a a brass whistle that says ENT on it that I got at the Lost Horizon when John Ent played there. It's an Ent whistle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How cool is that? I've got a, a metal slide that's KWS, Kenny wayne Sleppard, the Kenny Wayne Shepherd slide. Um a lot of weird things like that some things I got through record companies some things I got I have a here's, a here's a weird one for you Wayne's World when the movie came out I think it was the second Wayne's World um, one of the promotional items for the movie because it, they had Wayne stock during the movie was like a laminate it says Wayne stock on it and it has their pictures Mike Myers on it and, you know and, and so I got backstage at an Aerosmith concert at the War Memorial and I brought it with me because Aerosmith was in the movie right and so I brought it backstage and Steven Tyler was there, the whole band was back there, Brad Whitford and, and Tom Hamilton. I showed them the pass and they started cracking up. They'd never seen that pass or hadn't had anybody show it to them. So they signed my backstage laminated pass. So I have an autographed Aerosmith pass from Wayne Stock. So I mean little little things like that, you know. I mean and and backstage passes that I collect and you may have seen on Facebook. I have, boxes of, I saved concert tickets. You know, I've got my first Grateful Dead concert ticket from the Barton Hall show at Cornell in 77. When I was at Cortland State, I went there. The most legendary show. I didn't know that then. It was just my first first Dead show, you know.
0: That's your first Dead show?
2: Yeah. Wow. You never know. But again, I didn't know. I I was making that that trip to Ithaca like we did at Cortland all the time to see a show. Mm -hmm. I'd seen Yes at Barton Hall. I'd seen a bunch of shows there, and I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to see the Dead, you know. And that just happened, and I've seen them many times after that but when you save concert tickets it gives you that memory right and you don't have to spend 30, 40 bucks on, on a t-shirt sometimes you know
0: it's a lost art nowadays because now you have your ticket on your phone or printouts it, it is
2: unfortunately I know and I can't uh, lately I just download it into my you know Apple wallet and show them my phone it's not the same thing you know uh, it's just not
0: you can't hang that up on your on your pin board or whatever right <laughs> or hang them up on your refrigerator uh, Dave Banner saying Wayne Stock, haha, that's awesome. Jess Sheldon saying Marcus King tickets would be a great trivia prize.
2: Aha. Uh-huh. I see what you're doing there, see what Jeff. she's doing there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, Alec Miller saying great stuff. Thanks, Z and Dave, for having these conversations. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Everybody on Facebook, if you could do us a favor and click the share button, it would be greatly appreciated. Dave, one more question before we get you out of here. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't doing this? If you weren't doing the radio disc jockey?
2: My original thought was to be a phys ed major, a coach, a mm-hmm. uh, teacher, which means I would have been retired by now. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, which, you know, and my only – the only thing that I've been able to do to, to, to scratch that itch is uh, fortunately I was able to coach Little League for my boys. I have four sons. I was able to coach youth lacrosse when a couple of my boys came through there. Um, so that, that – you know, I was able to do that. Um, and that, But now it, it's pretty cool because – uh, one of my sons, Danny, is the head coach of basketball coach for Bryant and Stratton basketball in Syracuse. <laughs> and he's getting ready for his second season as a head basketball coach. So one of my sons actually went through and followed through with that, which is great. My other boys are all doing other things. They're all successful doing other things. One's a musician and an architect, Mike, with the band Simple Life. Uh, my youngest son is, is teaching at an international school in, in Tokyo. And and I have another son, Dylan, who's down in New York City working as a tour guide, working at a high-end restaurant, so he's down in Brooklyn. So, you know, it's funny because when you go to school for one thing, you never know whether you're going to be able to do that, at what level you're going to be able to do that. Um, I still like playing basketball. I was just going to ask, you still play? Oh, yeah. yeah? In the wintertime, I have a, a bunch of knucklehead friends of mine that get together and we'll play once a week. And, you know, so I still try to do stuff like, like that, but, um... I don't know. Otherwise, you know, my whole idea was to be in sports or, or, or coaching, and when that didn't work out, I backed into my other favorite thing to do, which was music. So, you know, you d- you don't know about some of the offshoots of that, and I tell people that all the time. You don't realize that there's a guy that one of the guys I met that worked with us for a little while, Howard Parker, is now making upper six figures just doing voice work, just doing movie trailers. He's one of the movie trailer guys. You know, and all he does is talk in a microphone, read a read a script, and they send him a big check, and that's what he does for a living. And they don't tell you that in high school or college. That's not a career option, mm-hmm. you know. So, and Tom Kenny, another Syracuse guy, the voice of SpongeBob. Really, he lives in L.A. now, but he's from East Syracuse. He is the voice of SpongeBob. That's what he does for a living. You know, um, they don't tell you that in school. So, you got to grab whatever opportunities you can, meet the people you can. Uh, Try as many different things as you can. You know, you may go for one thing and, and end up doing something completely different, you know.
0: I'm so glad we had this conversation today, <laughs> man. We, we've been trying to get it going on for many years now, and now we finally got to have it. So before we do get out of here, plug all your social medias, how people could check out The Rebel and all that.
2: Well, I mean, you can find us a bunch of different ways. Um, you can download our app. You can go to your app store and just type in The Rebel Rocks. Those three words, The Rebel Rocks. So we've got our own app, um, You can get us online at our website, therebelrocks.com, or you can go to Alexa and say, you know, enable the Rebel Rocks skill, and then if you just say, hey Alexa, play the Rebel Rocks, it pops on. The same with Google Play. So, you know, all of those things again, uh, our app can connect to any Bluetooth device. You can be in your car. Um, If you've got Wi-Fi at home, you don't use any data. So again. The three things that I like about what we're doing right now with the station are not only the depth of the music we're playing, but our morning show is all music. And some people tune to music shows or or morning shows because they like the personalities and there's some really good ones in this market. But we play all music in the morning. So if you want to wake up to music, we've got all music. So that's one thing that we're doing different. The other is playing local bands every hour. And the third thing is, is that our commercial breaks are two minutes or less. So those things, other than that, we're a radio station. You know, we're just on everything except the radio dial. So um, I think if people give us a shot, they might find something they like. might hear something a little bit different. We might become somebody's choice. With all the choices that are out there, all I'm looking for, doing what I'm doing, is to be a choice for somebody. Be one of, like a preset, except to be on the Internet. You know, so be one of those settings. People tell me, well, I've got different channels on Pandora or on Spotify. I said, let me be one of those channels. That's all and listen to the way that I put together music and maybe you'll like it you know
0: you're doing a great job man you think you ought to retire
2: <laughs> if this is retirement it's cool ah, nice. you know
0: <laughs> great retirement gig yeah. Thanks again, my friend, for coming on, man. This has been a lot of fun to chop it up with you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Before we get out of here, much love to EJA Moving Services, the professional movers. When you're ready to move out of Syracuse, Dave, if you want to move to Florida or whatever, <laughs> have my man Eddie move you. I always say have Eddie and his crew, his crew break his back instead of you guys breaking your back. Call him today at 315-335-0516 or hit him up, ejamoving.com. And, again, much love to my boys over at Nye Volkswagen in Rome. You stop into their showroom, you check out their vehicles, and you say, I want that one, and you mention the D, and they're going to give you $250. It's, they're get, it's that easy. It is that easy. Let me save you some money, people. I'm buying a brand-new Volkswagen. Check out their inventory, Com. Tomorrow, Dave, we're in the middle of our instrument drive. I don't know if you heard about our instrument drive. No, not yet. So we teamed up with the drive, 92.7, the Love drive. Love those guys. And uh, Big Apple Music here, and we're doing an instrument drive all summer long it's to benefit the Utica School District. Excellent. And so we're getting all these unused instruments. Because a lot of these guys have, you know, horns laying in their attic or their closets or their basements or right back at their parents' house or something like that. They're not
2: being used. Right.
0: Well, let's get them out, dust them off, and let's get them in the hands of some kid that wants to play.
2: You never know who has that talent. You, you never know, know exactly. My, my son, Mike, I bought him his first guitar when he was 12. He's self-taught. And he's writing his own music. He's been in a band. He's got CDs out. It was in him. And we didn't... You, how would you know unless you give them the instrument, give them the opportunity? How do you know unless you give these kids the chance? That's A- great.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. And it's been going on all summer long. So it stops on September 5th and on September the 9th we're going to make the presentation at 10 a.m. at the Proctor High School in the Proctor Auditorium with The Drive and Big Apple Music. But tomorrow we're going to be broadcasting or podcasting live at the Pizza Box here in East Utica. And if you come down and bring us an instrument, for our instrument drive, we're going to give you a gift. We're going to reach into our grab bag and give you a gift for just helping us out and donating your instrument. And let me tell you, man, the response has been unbelievable. Half of my storage unit is full of donated instruments. Excellent. People have been coming up. Thank you so much to everybody that has supported us. This has been great. And if you're interested and you can't make our event tomorrow and you're interested in donating some of your instruments, you can drop them off at Big Apple Music. Teachers can... Teacher resource center and the compassion coalition that's always a tough one to say on lafayette street there in utica and also the pizza box so we'll be hanging out the pizza box tomorrow come down get good pizza max sheldon's going to be down there playing some music for us so we'll be there from three to five are you hip to max
2: oh i know max oh you know of times yep
0: yep yep max is a good good friend and amazing amazing talent and we can talk about him for days he's got a great band out there and i know they're recording right now it's a shadow they're in the studio right now recording in the heavy metal vein, but very proggy and very technical and very, very good musicianship there. But, uh, they, we're ha- come hang out with us tomorrow at the Pizza Box from 3 to 5. Also, the Drive's going to be hanging out. Our boy Genesee Joe will be with us tomorrow as well. So, a lot of laughs, and uh, I'm sure we're going to eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> pizza and laughs. Would they go yeah. hand in hand, right? <laughs> Before we get out here, I want to remind everybody they can listen to this podcast and previous podcasts of VC Radio and all the content we have here on the D... At DisruptionNetwork.net. Also, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, all the, all the social media. We're so obsessed with There's the more media. every day. Every day. There's, another, there's <laughs> a new app popping up every day. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is the next new thing. And you got to get involved in that one. And then right. somebody buys them out. And it's just a, a thing. Dave Banjos is saying, the home of the best pizza deal in town. Two 16-inch plain pizzas and 10 wings for 22 bucks madness cool well dave come out and hang out with us tomorrow at the,
2: the pizza box it's gonna be a good time so
0: dave thanks again so much man this has been a lot of fun and uh let's do it again down in the future sometime sure anyway, you, you hanging out at the fair at all this year
2: i'll be there i'll probably every day every day yeah we have a location by the by the, i think the kids midway this year so i'll be out there every day at lunchtime so oh beautiful yeah broadcasting uh yeah i'll be out there doing some stuff you know doing some giveaways and hanging out talking music you know we'll have some swag you have to have merch, man.
0: You got to. You got to. <laughs> people like T-shirts.
2: Yeah. I got to bring
0: you one next time. I, I would rock the hell out of it. All right. All right. <laughs> and I'll see you at the fair. We'll definitely get some hang time up at the fair. All right. See you tomorrow, people. Thank you for calling the EC Radio Attitude Adjustment Line. Press 1 if you need a good slap in the mouth. Press 2 if you need a stern verbal lashing. Press 3 if you need a timeout. Press 4 to respond to the voices in your head. Press 5 if you need to talk to your mom. And if this is an actual emergency, please hang up and call someone who gives a shit.
1: EC Radio.
0: Only on the D. So you just bought your dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and broken everything, including your back. Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you. Hit them up online at EJAMoving.com. Hey,
1: Disruption Network. This is Mike Sacco, the General Manager at Knight Volkswagen of Rome. If you don't know me by name, it's only because you have not received the best deal. There's only one reason to leave Utica, and that's to come see me in Rome and get the best deal on your next new, pre-owned, or certified VW. Mention that you heard this ad from Disruption Network and receive $250 off your next vehicle purchase. You'll know why our customers say, I love my 9VW. Come see us at 5865 Rome-Cadeburg Road in Rome or visit us online at 9 Want to know what's going on at the D? Hit up DisruptionNetwork.net and check out our events calendar. Brought to you by the Events Co. Find out about upcoming guests, special events, concerts, show schedules, community activities, and more. Get connected at disruptionnetwork.net.